When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Great feel for every pitch. He's thrown every pitch in this inning that he has. He struck out the side. You can't do it any better. Good start, Snell and Rays up one after one in game six. It's a Twins Tuesday on Mackie and Judd. Did the Twins let one get away? Did they have a shot to land an ace caliber starting pitcher? Even better than Kenta Maeda, and they let it slip away. We'll talk about that. Plus, the Vikings fired, uh, well, not fired. They declined to renew the contract of somebody that we saw this coming with. And uh, all kinds of other things today on Mackie and Judd. Quick shout-out to Federated Insurance. As a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success? Well, that's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Think about these questions. Do your employees use ladders? How would a fall impact that employee's livelihood? I can't, I can't even really see Judd on a ladder, but... Uh, I stay get, away from ladders as much as possible, Phil. My shield would be a good thing for, for Dawn to have if Judd... She would be, yes. Yes, that's exactly right. My shield has resources to help your business with all sorts of issues and things and risk management-related items. You can go to federatedinsurance.com. To find out more information, and just click on the My Shield link. And uh, you can also talk to your Federated marketing representative, too, if you just want to have a discussion. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Again, this is 24 hours after the game or whatever it is, so I have to take some time to evaluate who's available, who's not available, guys here in the building, and we'll go from there. We'll do we'll do it like we always do. That was, that was Mike Zimmer when he was asked about replacing special teams coordinator Marwin Malouf, who was on a two-year contract. The contract was set to expire. It was only two years season. too long. And uh, Mike Zimmer in the least shocking news of all time, decided not to renew the contract of his special teams coordinator. What's your favorite Marwin Maloof memory, Judd? Oh, boy, where do we start? Uh, kickers struggling? No, let's not start there. Let's start with uh, punt uh, returners not returning the football. I think the fake. I think the successful fake punt where Chris Boyd was so excited and jumping up I'm, and down. I'm trying to think of ones favorite. where I blame Magoof, though, because... I mean, Chris Boyd screwed that play up entirely, but there's plenty to go around here. Um, certainly, there's a chance that recency bias is in play here, but I I challenge anyone to give me a year where Viking special teams 
was this bad overall. Yeah, I mean, because like we've had missed kicks before, we've had yeah. bad snaps before, but everything was, for the most part, poor. I feel like in general, if you take away like kicking has been a problem off and on for essentially like twenty years, right? Like ever since Gary Anderson missed a field goal in the '98 <laughs> championship game, uh, then you then you had just like random. Random kickers that could come in for a couple of years. The, was it Doug Bryan that missed a couple extra, like the old extra Joe points? Joe Setzer, get the hell out. Yeah. Got got fired or released right after the game was over. So if you take away the kicks, I yeah. can't remember a season in which there were this many non-kicking special teams gaffes. It kind of feels like the Vikings have been pretty solid. Like they've always had Marcus Sherrills back there uh, or like a Cordero Patterson returning kicks or even like in the Bobby Wade days where they would just put a reliable guy back there to Make a fair catch sign as the ball is hitting its peak, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember special teams ever being just this much of a disaster. It's also really hard to parse apart blame. Like, is it Marwin Malouf's fault that all these things happened? I don't know. But when 15 different things happened across, like, four different areas of special teams, I think you probably have to take a look at the guy who's organizing those four things, and and you, you have to move on and make a change. So yeah, hopefully I, Marwin finds uh, finds. I am actually somewhere. shocked he survived the entire season. Do you think, Zim- really do you think Zimmer fired. is showing some self-awareness in that, like wh- whether it's with Dan Bailey or Marwin Malouf, guys that maybe five years ago Mike Zimmer would have just moved on from in week eight or week ten? You know what he is, might be doing? Is he self-aware in that, no, I've, like, I've fired a couple coordinators midseason. Yeah. He, might be, oh, he might finally have gotten the clue, too, that when he does that stuff, it's definitely a reflection on him, right? So, yes, he might be saying, if I fire this guy, I sort of hired this guy. So I look bad. Yeah, you know what? But still, there were enough debacles where I thought, this guy's got no chance. Like, Zim is is going to go home after a loss, have three glasses of wine, and call this guy up and just fire him. Is Mike Zimmer <laughs> the least obvious Watch red him. wine guy in the history of red wine guys? God. Because when you look at Mike Zimmer and you think, all right, rank the alcohol that that guy probably <laughs> enjoys after a football game. You'd, you'd start with the brown stuff. Yep. Then yeah. you probably move on, like, a couple of beers. Like, he's got a little bit of a beer gut, yeah, right? I can see that. Yeah, I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know that I'd get to red wine on my list of things I would assume Mike Zimmer drinks after a football game. He seems game. like he would love a Miller Lite. Just absolute pound Miller Lite. He looks like he would, but he probably doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say the brown stuff to me. Would definitely be. I, I could see Zim at his desk post game and stuff, just pounding that. But yeah, no, he wine kind of sore. Yeah, uh, we'll do which it. Which is not a good drunk, by the way. I actually enjoy red wine. Ugh. That's a no. I, I'm just saying. I feel, I feel wine a lot is healthier just a, when I drink I, red wine. I, I can't. That's any, good, but wine is a terrible drunk. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. We don't have drunk. to drink nine glasses. Well, just like have a that's glass why before I, I don't. Bed. That's why I don't drink wine. Yeah, I can't do it. It's the one alcohol I just stay away from. I just specifically. I I, yeah. I love alcohol. So. Yes, that's been well established. So, I, I almost feel Nothing like you have to be at least thirty years old before you start okay. to appreciate red wine. Okay, so you still got you got a couple, couple more years. years. Wine, coffee. I, I I loved coffee at a very. I like coffee like at thirty. I did 14. too. Lots, what? Lots yeah, you drank coffee don't. as a teenager? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, had, I had the earliest bus stop in my entire high school. The earliest because I lived in the east side of St. Paul and my high school is on Central over here. So you're like in sixth grade just pounding black I, coffee I, before I, catching I, I the was, yellow school bus? I was, yeah, I was 14 going into Smoking up, ripping a heater. Smoke, smoking at the bus corner. Marbred and, and a forger's cup of coffee. School. I'm going to be late for school. Where's God. my damn mug of coffee? <laughs> oh, Where's my Folgers? Now that I'm like into my mid-30s here, red wine and green tea are my two best friends. And 10 years ago, I've never been a coffee guy, but... 
10 years ago, it was like energy drinks and beer. Oh, I was man. like popping like five hour energies before radio shows. And I, when Judd and I first started doing a four hour radio show, that's bad for the heart. It's like seven years ago, we first started doing a four hour radio show. Uh, and I had done two and I had done three. I think you had been doing a four hour show for a little while before me. I think you and Dubai Yeah, Dubai and I started the four hour show. I'd like to apologize for that because <laughs> yeah. you got swept into it. And I remember thinking, like, after the first couple shows, holy cow, like, that fourth hour is just kind of mentally draining if you've never done it before. And so you go take a nap. And so on, like, the third day, I, I was like, God, I'm, it's like Wednesday and I'm already just tired and dragging. And the vending machine downstairs here in our building used to have five-hour energy. It did? You'd have, like, Funyuns and Doritos and Nutter Butter Bars and Snickers, and then there was a five-hour energy section of It's like, I didn't know that. It was like two bucks a pop. Oh, my God. And so for three weeks, I would go down there every day. I would pay $2 before the show, and I would grab a five-hour energy, and I would down it just to be like, ready to rock. Let's do this. And then you'd crash again. <laughs> but then I realized I started to do some math like, okay, well, I started to do some math and I started to do a, a self-health evaluation of, so $2 a day and we're going right. to do like 200 plus shows a year. So am I going to spend $500 a year on five hour energy? Not to mention your heart. <laughs> and then that was the second thing. Like pumping th- out of your chest. I started to get like heart palpitations. Yeah. Oh my too. God. <laughs> I got to go to the hospital after t- today's show. Why? Oh, I just had my sixth Red Bull of the day. Well, when you go from having no energy drinks or coffee or anything to just having like a five-hour energy every day for you do coffee. three weeks or something. So I switched to green tea, and then I would drink like five I, green teas during a show. When I would fill in for Harrigan, there'd be a day I, would, I just wouldn't go to bed. So I had to be here so early, and I was such a night owl that like there, I just wouldn't go to sleep. And then I would come home and take like a killer nap from like 2 to 9 p.m. Wow. I'm dead serious. I can't do that one. Yeah. I have to sleep. I have to sleep. I've, I've in the course of my life, when I was actually going to try in college briefly, I think I, I think I tried to pull an all nighter once or twice, and it was just a disaster. I can't do it. I cannot. I am the person that cannot stay up all night. I will fall asleep. The only all nighters I pulled in college were like if I was procrastinating by playing NBA Live for Xbox and like online poker. And I realized at two o'clock in the morning, oh, I still have a paper I have to write. So better better clear the runway. God. Hand that thing so in. So you stay up morning. all night and do it? I did it like four or five times. Wow. That's a yeah. lot. Ooh. I once uh I once actually did that at the I think it was the end of my senior year, and I had kind of figured out like how to procrastinate well. And I had like a fifteen or one of those like fifteen, twenty page term papers that it was like a whole yep. semester project. And it was literally due the next day and I hadn't started it yet. It was within twenty four hours. And so my roommate was in the same class. So we just like, we alternated 30 minute game of NBA live on Xbox, then go right for like an hour, 30 minute game on Xbox, right for an hour. Wow. We turned the papers in at eight in the morning, went and got breakfast at the old cafe 421, which is oh, now yeah. closed forever. One of the sad, uh, like a yeah, hundred restaurants. That another closed. great sad. restaurant that closed because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. So anyways, Marwan well, Maloof, Marlon grab Maloof, a glass of red wine. <laughs> Enjoy your, your off season. Um, on the paper, I don't remember, but it wasn't it wasn't okay. terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was like a B or something. Oh, yeah. that's pretty oh, good. No, I, I was a I was a B don't plus. Ba- yeah, don't bury the lead to the story here. How, I was, how'd you do? Listen, there's a lot of things I'm not good at in life. I was great at doing like figuring out what the minimum amount of yep. attention and work in college was. Yes, but getting the maximum output. Oh, I wasn't the latter of that. But 
Okay. But, but at the first part, I was like, like, yeah, me too, yeah, me, too. me too. Oh, no, like, no. Wait, C no, plus. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't yeah. do that at all. Like, I wanted C, to learn. I, C minus for me. I wanted to get good enough grades, but the, the, the level of work needed to get like a B or a B minus in a college class yeah. versus like an A or an A plus is a canyon wide. And I was more interested in spending, like, I was good with the B minus and then use the time to do other things. <laughs> Play online poker mostly. Anyways, you guys want you to talk were some... the Vikings of college. Yeah. <laughs> Just good enough Just to get enough, by. Not going to flunk. Never a disaster, but you never won a championship. Nope. Wasn't going to. That's what, what you were. You were the Vikings. Wasn't going to be class president. Hey, guys, we just need to be good enough to be good, but we don't have to be great. Yep. We're not going to be a train wreck. We're not going to get kicked out or expelled or anything like yeah. that. Yep. Anyhow. And I was the best. We're going to win twins. We're going to score. I got a question for you guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two questions. Did you guys already talk about the Ian Snell trade to our Ian Snell? He's the crappy pitcher from yeah. the Pirates. <laughs> I always Blake, do that. The Blake Snell Blake trade. Snell's the better Snell. The, the Blake Snell trade to the Padres. I think we touched on briefly. Very briefly. I think. Patrick, I think we did. Okay. Yep. So, Twins Tuesday here, and the Twins haven't given us a whole lot to speculate on this offseason because baseball doesn't know which direction it's going or when the season's going to start or any of those things. This is incredible, by the way. But there's already some moves being made. Uh, the, the Twins are still waiting on Nelson Cruz, so other teams are making some moves, but it's a classic baseball offseason where, like, one move gets made, and then, like, four weeks later, another move gets made. And we still don't know the rules. No, we don't know if there's going to be a DH we don't know or the rules. if there's going to be a runner on second base and extra innings. We don't know if the schedule is going to be played, you know, starting in April or whatever. Like, we have no idea. But we do know that the San Diego Padres have been one of the most aggressive. And by the way, mid-market teams. Like, the San Diego Padres are sort of a twins equivalent in terms of revenue and market size. It's not New York. It's close to L.A., but it, but they're not getting the... They're far enough away from L.A. where they're not getting, like, the L.A. TV market money and just the the... All the fruits that like the Dodgers uh, get, right? So when I see the Yankees make a trade for a big pitcher or the Dodgers make a trade for a big pitcher or the Red Sox or the Phillies, it's hard to make a direct comparison to the Twins because those teams have more financial resources and they can sort of burn and churn through more mistakes. But when I see a team like the Padres make a big trade, it's an immediate equivalent to what the Twins could do. And so the trade was Blake Snell, 28 years old, former Cy Young Award winner, three years, $40 million left, so a very reasonable contract. The Padres get him. The Rays get four really good young players. So Luis Patino, is, uh, he was the Padres' second-best pitching prospect. Francisco Mejia, two years ago, Francisco Mejia, I think he was with the Indians two years yeah, ago. Yeah, he was a big-time catcher at that time. He was the number 5 overall prospect in all of baseball two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's sort of fallen back, but he's only 24 years old. And there's still a lot of potential there. Blake Hunt, got to be careful the way I say that. <laughs> Blake Hunt is a 22-year-old catcher, top 100-ish prospect potential. And uh, Cole Wilcox was a third-round pick, drafted last year, pitcher, I think, out of Georgia. Has not played in the minors yet. So basically, four really good young players. A couple of them are major league ready. The Rays clearly wanted a catcher and like a top pitching prospect. So here is the Twins equivalent as I see it. Would you make this trade? For three years of Blake Snell. And I should I should probably hit the right sound here because we're now venturing into reckless speculation. Retrospective reckless speculation. What could have been, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blake Snell, again, former Stein Award winner, one of the best pitchers in baseball in his prime, three years, $40 million, very reasonable. 
Would you give up Yon Duran, mm-hmm. twin second best pitching prospect, Ryan Jeffers, because they want a catcher, so you probably have to give up Ryan Jeffers, and let's say Royce Lewis. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna put three guys Ooh, on the table. Royce Lewis. No, huh? that's that's more, dude. No, no, no. The the pod the Padres get, gave up a flat out top prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I went through the MLB.com rankings, and the other three guys aren't even in. Don't even crack the top 100 for those. Um, Wilcox is the eighth ranked prospect now, just uh, flat out in the Rays organization. Blake Hunt. Is the twenty fourth ranked Blake prospect Hunt. in the Rays organization, and Mahia has fought, fallen out. So I think you take Lewis out unless he is the lone superstar. Okay, so what would the let's let's just build the equivalent here. So Jeffers is probably fair. Yep. So I, Jeffers Duran, Duran is probably very fair, That's, and then and then two guys that are sort of out of like the ten, the top yeah, ten. Yes, uh, two prospects that the Twins probably liked but didn't love, and that baseball does not love. And so my question then would be, why wouldn't the Twins have traded for Blake Snell, or did they try? Well, here's, you know, so here's my question: Would it have off taken that? a Royce Lewis to get over the what? Padres package? Do we think that the Rays and the Rays, I'll give them credit, are ordinarily very smart, and they've done a great job considering their ballpark and all of the um, all of the problems that they have when it comes to generating revenue? Did the Rays do their true due diligence here? Like, I saw that trade, and my first thought was, okay, that's not a, like, I get the return, but off your point, I got to think somebody else would have at least competed with what the Padres' offer was, and maybe to a certain point topped it. So part of the the reason why I put Royce Lewis on this list is because of what Francisco Mejia was regarded as a couple years ago. Mm. He was, like, a Royce Lewis-level prospect two years ago. Yeah. And he's, for whatever reason, like, sometimes what happens is a guy is a top prospect, and then they come up to the big leagues. Aaron Hicks is a classic example. He's a top prospect. They get a cup of coffee in the big leagues, and it goes horribly. That's what happened with Francisco Mejia. He was just, like, unplayably bad in the major leagues. And then they go back to the minor leagues, and they kind of sputter for a year or two, Mm -hmm. and then people write them off, and they drop out of the prospect list. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that they're not going to eventually figure it out. Like, Mike Trout was terrible his first year in the major leagues. So I think the Rays are looking at this and saying, ooh, we can buy low on Francisco Mejia, who two years ago was like one of the surefire top prospects in all the baseball. Yep. I think Patino is is their replacement for Blake Snell. They probably think he's just going to jump in and be a stud pitcher if they can mold him. Um, but I, like, I look at this and I think, man, the, like even if Royce Lewis was included, let's say, um, it's the type of deal that I think the Twins should consider because Blake Snell probably puts them over the top. Mm-hmm. If they're looking to win a playoff game in 2021, which should be the main goal to start with, but then a playoff series and a World Series. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, why can't you top this and get Blake Snell? Are they in the discussion for guys like Blake Snell? Because it's a lot cheaper in terms of finances if you're looking to also sign Nelson Cruz to trade for Blake Snell at $13 million a year and then re sign Cruz. And now you're really in the mix. The White Sox are getting better, teams like the Padres are getting better. Why is it that the Padres, another mid-market team, who, who then, pop up with a bunch of young players and then immediately add, add, add to get over the top? Why do the White go, Sox add, add, add? Go get the next day, you Darvish, too. Correct. Mm-hmm. The next day, I think. Uh, the Snell trade, to me, though, is the type of trade where where the Twins 
the Twins and teams like the Twins, who are smart and aggressive, had a great chance here. Because this Padres deal for the Rays is probably a nice return with one top prospect. But I really think it could have been topped. And, and I'm not even talking throwing Royce in. I'm talking about just topping it with prospects that are that are considered to be marginally better than some of the bottom prospects that the Padres yeah. sent to Tampa, right? Yeah. I think this I, know, I am a little bit surprised. I, I know that this was a problem with the Terry Ryan front offices. And I I wonder if it's also a problem with the uh, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine front offices and therefore, you know, pull that ownership. When the Twins traditionally look at their prospects, they see, you know, a top 10 list. They see Yon Duran and they see Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirloff and they see the best version of those prospects. Boy, if Larnick pans out, he could be Michael Kadire or whatever. If uh, Royce Lewis pans out, he could be Derek Jeter, right? They like they look at the 90th percentile of each of those top 10 prospects. And the reality is any snapshot in any year of a top 10 list of Twins prospects includes three or four guys that never made it at all. It includes another like two or three guys that became big leaguers, but like in retrospect, Jason Bartlett was like the third best prospect for the Twins at one point. And Jason Kubel was like the number one prospect. And at the time, you know, 15 years ago, when, if you remember these discussions, the Twins were looking for a big thumper bat and like Alfonso Soriano was available. And what would you have to give up? Boy, they want Matt Garza and Jason Kubel. And it's like at the time you're like, well, you can't give up those guys. Well, in retrospect... Would you have taken an Alfonso Soriano in his prime for one of those division championship teams for a Matt Garza? Like, 100%. Right. So, I guess, you know, is there a chance that you could trade Yon Duran and he turns out to be, you know, a number one starter for a World Series team in Tampa Bay at some point? Absolutely. But I think you have to stop looking at your prospects as if all of them are going to pan out to their 90th percentile and the, abilities. And plus, they're, they're, they flat out are currency. Like... The thing that I would love to know among teams, and this includes the Twins, Vikings, teams like that, that are often very competent and good, what do you perceive your window as being as? Like, do the Twins look at themselves right now and think, we are on the come, but, I mean, we've got these prospects, and in in three years we're going to be great. Do they think, no, 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 we've made the playoffs two consecutive years, we have not won a playoff game, and we've lost 18 consecutive playoff games? What do they perceive themselves to be as far as the window of opportunity to win? Because if you sat down right now and thought, been to the playoffs, have a solid team, yes, there's prospects coming up, but you also have some damn good players right now, and you're going to add Blake Snell, Phil? I mean, that that goes a long way towards saying, this rotation now looks really, really solid. Really solid. Yeah, so you would have... It has a top-line starter, I think. You would have had Blake Snell. You would have had Maeda probably as your number Kenta two. Maeda, yes. Barrios as a three. Yep. Um, Pineda still in the rotation, right? Yes. And then figured out for the five spot. I mean, maybe that's where, like, Jordan Balazovic comes in. He's sure. your number five starter. Something like that. But, I mean, that's a incredibly solid top three. In, instead of... If it's Jefferson Duran, would you be willing... Because this because the Rays have been interested in him before. Would you also be willing to throw on Kepler? Because Kepler's major league ready and ready to go and establishes on a team-friendly deal that the Rays would love. See, all right, I I feel like the Rays love Kepler, as you said. 
Kepler has like four years or something left on his contract, or yeah. five or he something like that. He has a very team-friendly deal. Now, Blake Snell, Blake Snell is two, though. <laughs> better at his position than Max Kepler is at his position. So, yeah, I think I think a fair deal, if they would have been interested, would have been like Max Kepler plus either Duran or Jeffers and something mm-hmm. less, right? I don't think the Rays, and they are weird. I don't think with the way that they operated with this trade that they wanted major league talent back at all. Well, even like when you look at the Archer trade, or contracts, I should say. I'm sorry. I mean, they they got back Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows. I mean, that that's a pretty good trade for Chris Archer at the time because Archer was coming off a down season, even though he was a two years removed from a Cy Young year. But like Glasnow is their now their ace. Like that's their number one guy. When they traded David Price five six years ago, they actually kind of botched that one. It was a three team trade, and the, all the Rays got back was Drew Smiley, Willie Adams, and Nick Franklin. So like they kind of botched that one. Actually, Willie, it's Willie Adamus, I believe, and I think he's their starting shortstop now. Is he? Okay. Yes, he, he hit like twenty yes, bombs. But they, yes, so. they, de- they, <laughs> player. they definitely like to get kids back who are still prospects. But, but Glasnow and Meadows are st- like they got that one right. I don't know. And I, I also though I trust like the Rays do know scouting, so they might know things about the guys that they received from Snell that probably we don't know. Yeah, I mean the reason why they keep winning ninety games and like the reason why they've been to two World Series in the last twelve years and the Twins can't literally can't win a playoff. The Rays have been to the World Series twice in the same time span as the Twins have since they've won a playoff game. And you have to go back even further but the twin, But the Twins currently now, and it's to their credit as far as what they've developed in their system, the Twins are set up to compete to make trades exactly like this. So what stops them? I don't know. But what that's stops the, them from trading Trevor Larnick? Is it, it, this, is what's, this is the problem. Like, I mean, I think I know, but this is why the twins, I think, you know, the twins win divisions and the twins are competitive, but the twins don't win world series because what happens is, and I'll give you, I'll give you a a real world example. Two years ago, Yankee stadium. And now the guy that they ran out there for game three, Randy Dobnak was not a top prospect that would be like luring a Blake Snell in a trade. So it's a little bit apples to oranges, but in game three of a playoff game against the vaunted Yankees lineup, the Twins are relying on a prospect to sort of break out for the first time, right, on that stage in game three, as opposed to using prospects like that to trade for players that can handle that moment. When the Twins roll in and they are and, and they need, like, Cody Stashak to come out of the bullpen for the first time against, you know, the middle of the Astros lineup, uh... Why why don't you have an established player in that spot? Like what why aren't you making moves, especially for 2021, with Josh Donaldson on the roster? Like you're ready to win now. Don't hoard your prospects when you're ready to win. When now. you're starting Randy Dobnik in a playoff game to me, though, you are sending a clear message, whether you mean to or not, that you are not prepared really to compete for a championship. Yeah, which is funny because like, the didn't they win a hundred and three games or something that year too? Yep. And you're running out, like you know, res- res- respect your own success. Like, but why- that's what. But that's what I'm saying is that's what I w- I want to know what the people who run the team where they think they are as far as the actual competitive window to win a World Series. Yeah. Forget a playoff berth. Forget a division title. Forget all of that. Okay. What is your because if you if you said right now, hey, look, okay. Cruz is probably going to come back because the league can't make up its damn mind about the rules. Um, this team is going to be very solid again. If you said that, and I gave you an opportunity to trade for Blake Snell, and yes, it's prospects, and yes, there's probably one who you hate to part with, 
but you would say, hold on a second here. So I'm getting a team control pitcher who I can put basically at the top of my rotation with a team that I think is pretty much prepared to pop. You know what? I have to make that trade. Yeah. And I don't know. I think you're right about your premise of why they don't make that trade. But that to me, that's also what goes back to what holds you back from being good and great. Yeah. So I don't know, the off season still has a lot of time left, but it, it kind of feels like the it plan- actually does. It. That's the, it's not supposed to. Well, they're going to have at least two months. I don't think I don't think spring training is going to start. I, I think, think they want vaccines before they. Yeah, I think you're right, but it, it's hilarious that they don't tell us anything. Well, they don't know. Like they don't know what to tell us because they haven't they haven't met about anything yet. But just tell us that you're going to at least back up spring training a little bit. I mean, right now they're they're still saying they're still trying to say uh, February nineteenth. Everyone reports baseball right? is so dumb. Like two thousand, <laughs> and this is my favorite sport. Like I think all of us, it's a, it's a one of our favorite sports. And yeah. ba- like two thousand twenty was the year for baseball to say, all right, we're going to start playing. It's a socially distant sport. We're going to start playing in May. We're going to go like they waited two months and argued publicly about money and, you know, billions of dollars of pie and how is it going to be divided. And then the offseason hits and it's like, all right, let's get it. We got some some big time moves that might be made, a couple big free agents out there. And uh, they like they can't figure out a way to make their sport exciting when it matters. And that's what's really frustrating. So, Dex, my question to you is very simple. Why do you still care about baseball? Like I'm old. Phil is old enough mm-hmm. that I don't see him giving up his investment in the sport itself. But you're what, 20, 28 now? Yep. Like how close are you to just punting? Cause you're young enough to be like, I can't watch the, the games now because you know, Fox sports North is not on my service. Um, it literally, the sport literally can't make up its mind about its rules. I would think people your age have to be close to saying, screw it, I'll just do something else. I think I'm a little biased because, like, the Twins were the first team that I ever gravitated towards growing up. So, like, I, was, like I, I became a sports fan around, like, 2001, around 9-11. Um, I, like, that was, like, the first World Series. I remember I was the Yankees and Diamondbacks. And then that, I mean, to be honest, best time to become a Twins fan was literally then. Yeah. Um, so that made things easier. I don't know. I, I, I hear every gripe from people who are my age that can't stand Major League Baseball and think it's boring, and I, I hear it. I still love baseball. So until like the ineptitude reaches something, which is it's going to get there pretty quickly here. I I can't see myself not watching baseball. I I absolutely love it. I've worked in baseball. I've covered baseball. I it's, it's right up there with hockey with me with one A and one B. Okay. So I, I, I think it's, it'd be tough for me to just to walk away from it. They'd have to do something very, very drastic. It's I I (laughs) certainly, I have not, they are, I have not walked away from it. But I am not, like, actively obsessing over it like I used to. I mean, 10 years ago, as soon as Thanksgiving hit, I was on MLB Trade Rumors every single day just, like, refreshing any news nugget. And now there are no news nuggets. Like, once every three weeks, there's a news nugget. Oh, Blake's now got traded. Okay, cool. Yeah. Twins weren't involved. Um, so, anyhow, let's pause quick. And I think our guy Randy and Kyle Grove is fired up. Oh boy! I don't know if he's got a stud stable or a, for a win over Detroit. I bet he's or... calling for a lot of jobs today. I hope he's planning for the future. I think he's calling for Zim's job right now. Well, we'll find out. Also, we're gonna we're gonna roll out a series of Dex reviews, starting with quarterback prospects that we think the Vikings should at least be kicking the tires on. Are we doing Kyle Trask today? Yep, Kyle Trask. Right, so we'll do that. Got a whole. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? 
Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f***ing love it. Watch this throw rolling to my left, backing up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, and and I'll make another throw the next it's one. It's like it came right out of heaven. I mean, it man. had to, I, it like had to drop in like a butterfly with sore feet. It had to drop in like that. Like a what? Football! Football, yeah! Football! To evaluate the players, that's the first thing. You evaluate all the players in the program and kind of decide which ones are developmental, which ones uh, that we can win with, which ones are going to you know, move forward with. Uh, I think uh, that, that'll be the number one thing. And then once we get there, then we'll start evaluating systems and plays and um, you know obviously if if there's some coaching things that that'll be high on the list so you know just normal stuff that's vikings head coach mike zimmer talking about his off-season checklist the things that he needs to look at account for who's gonna move forward with the team marwin maloof will not be moving forward randy in cottage grove how was your christmas randy Happy New Year! Uh, yeah, good, uh, great. Uh, you know, this is my uh, was my first um, you know Christmas alone. You know, which was a uh, you know, it, it was fine. You know, just uh, not with my former. Um, but um, I uh, I had a little friend uh, uh, by the name of Phillips uh, Peppermint Schnapps, oh. and uh, mm. and you can load up uh, cocoa. Uh, you can you can load up. Uh, well, with with eggnog, I more, uh, mostly do brandy, uh, but uh, I really did enjoy uh, peppermint schnapps this year. For the first time in a while, I, I revisited it. It's great. You know, it's been a while. I don't know if I I, I would, can't remember the last that time. That would I not had peppermint be great schnapps. for me. That would be a. I, I dove into some peppermint delicious. schnapps. Tastes like a like a sort of like a mint chip ice cream, yeah. uh, but hot, but hot. It's good. See, I thought you were having some success in the. Uh, was it the online day? I can't remember. You went on a blind date or something like three weeks ago. Three, three of them now. And none of them panned out enough to meet oh, up no, over the no, the holidays. No, no. no, I'm not a, I'm not a kiss and tell. But, uh, but uh, don't we just didn't meet up? Uh, you know, on the actual holiday, a uh, couple of the gals uh, do have offspring, uh, and uh, and I of course I don't. But uh, uh, they, they said it's not maybe not the right time to introduce uh, old Randy, and that's fine. We'll, we'll, it will get there. But um, well, just gave an opportunity to kind of sit back, kind of watch a little fake skin, uh, take take a look at the season, the way it shook out, and uh, I was jolly. I was in a jolly a jolly mood, and uh, it, it, you know I wasn't so jolly though with that that victory uh, Sunday. That was uh, needless. You know, I, I sort of saw the light as far as you know, you're going to start one and five. You 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 better finish ten and six, and they and they, and they, and they didn't. Um, they they crapped the bed, uh, as they say. And I, I was salty. I was a little salty coming into the new year. But um, you know, I, I thought you know, uh, Randy, you know, scratch, knock your head around a little bit and try to put yourself in their shoes. You know, and they and they they, they I've called for some heads this year. I mean, I have. You, know, you guys know that. And um, I, I, the way I see it now is they got some cards they've been dealt. You know, I, I bar, barring. A, a, some common sense over there that they ain't going to draft a QB in the first round. Let's be, let's be honest about it. You know, they'll probably find a way to say, Oh, the guys we like, we're off the board. We're going to have to run it, run it back as they say with, uh, with cousins. And I thought, you know, I I can't go a whole year and a half being negative about that. 
let's try to figure out a way to, to kind of win, win, win with the cards in our hand. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's a great attitude. There's too much negativity around here. I like it, Randy. Yeah. Too much negativity, so I, and I think the fact that you're bringing a bright, who positive you become, attitude. Randy? Two weeks ago, you, you were calling for Zim's head on Twitter. I like that, Randy, more. Well, I still, I, believe me, if I was running the, the show, the whole blueprint's different, but, I, but I'm not. Uh, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a realism kind of a guy, and uh, if, they, if they ain't going to give Zim the axe, you know, and they ain't going to go hire like a, like a banana me or a, a Byron left, left witch or, um, you know, yeah, yeah I, I would even give a flyer to, to, you know, some, someone, you know, like a, like a, like a uh, Josh McDaniels, you know, I, 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 I'd give him another shot. I thought Josh McDaniels did great offensively this year up in New England. Didn't, I don't think people appreciated his offensive brilliance. He didn't, he didn't have the horses. Judd, didn't they interview him like five, six years ago, McDaniels? I thought I remember there was maybe a time they, where... They tried to, I think, and I think he might have turned him down. Got it, okay. Remember the time where he got hired by the Colts and hired a whole staff and then was like, I'm out. Just a couple of years ago, yeah. <laughs> yes. And all those guys had like been replaced at their old jobs. <laughs> Look at Phil laugh. It's hilarious. He's got the, he's got the pedigree. You know, you guys, you guys make fun, but he's got the he he does have the pedigree, and I I was uh, interested to see uh, Elway stepping down in, in Denver. I, again, I don't think we're going to make a move on uh, on uh, on Zim, but you know, Vic Fangio, kind of a guy who, if he ever hits the streets, look out because he's he 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 has some some he has some aces up his sleeve. And I, I speaking of kind of looking to people with a track record. Uh, one of the things I think they could do, and if, you know, Rick, if if, if you're listening, um, this is you can have these these ideas as just sort of a jumping off point. But uh, you know, kind of look look to the past and say, you know, let's find some teams that that you know really made it happen uh, with the pieces they had. You know, didn't go out and get some marquee sort of a you know free free agent wide wide out or or whatnot. And, and, yeah, I, I think there's some great recent examples that you should definitely look at for yeah, sure. I mean, the NFL is. Wanna, you want to have a little fun with this? We could do it as just kind of with the stud stable music, and I could take oh, it. Through oh, some, sure. I like some it. Oh, yeah, it's your show. Yep, it's great. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I there, there are think about the innovation in the NFL these days, and just the the blueprints that the Vikings could look at. I'm excited yeah. for this, man. Let's do this. So, so what I, this I, is this is Randy's off season blueprint stable, I guess. Yeah, this is uh, you know if we're gonna run it back. There's definitely some innovation, kind of innovative offenses we can look at. Yeah, let's uh, innovate. Let's do this. Innovate. These are going to be studs of the future. So here, uh, uh, I looked at a little bit of tape of some you know, similar sort of personnel groupings that kind of got a little bit more creative than I think uh, 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 Gary was willing to do this year, Gary. Um, so let's start with, uh, uh, you know, Warren Moon got a lot of the glory for the Oilers in 90. But, uh, you know, you guys remember the way that they used those, those four receivers. I mean, Curtis Duncan, Awood Jeffries, Drew Hill, what? Ernie Givens. I mean, they, all of those guys, they were all little. You know, they, were, they weren't Ernest big. Givens? <laughs> Ernest Givens? They weren't big, tall guys. Like 30 years ago. <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, they, they weren't big, tall guys, but... Uh, they put up almost sixty on the Browns, and the game I broke down, they, they they could really, really spread it. And Kirk Kirk can make those throws. I mean, I watched this tape and Warren, where'd you find this tape, Randy? Would you were you watching Te- Tecmo Super Bowl? Yeah. What the hell are you? Did you break out your VCR? I, ha- I have it. People who people who are into this have it, and you can there's swap swap meets. You can swap 
Uh, I, in fact, this next one, I, Declan goes to some swap meets. Yeah, I go to some swap meets here and there. I think you went to some swap meets too back in your day, Randy. Yeah, might well, be why the marriage ended. Well, that's a separate uh, conversation. But uh, in, 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 this one, I had to track down a tape of. But I kind of remembered. I, I had a kind of an inkling that uh, Washington, uh, kind of in, in '83, they they really did some things with um, the way they used Alvin Garrett and then Charlie Brown, kind of opposite of Art Monk. Uh, it, it was it was really Wait. kind of kind of interesting to see. What that. are we talking he, the peanuts? He, he grabbed it. Excuse me. You say Charlie Brown? Yeah, but like the peanuts receiver. No, he's he a no player. Charlie. Oh, I thought we were talking about peanuts. No, he's an actual player. Wait, what, are you, are you, what what team are we talking about? Yeah. That's the A three Washington. That, that was, and then another one that you want to go a little more recent. Uh, here, here's, yes, uh, Art Monk's like seventy. The eighty four Dolphins. You know, Marino Marino got a lot of credit. <laughs> Uh, for, for that squad, but you know the way that they moved uh, Mark Duper around in different looks, and I mean they they kind of moved him. The, the, the game I watched, they, they had Duper one one time he was wide, another time he was in the slot. You know, and, and you guys remember Mark Duper? I oh, mean, yeah. He, yeah. he was he was the kind of guy who could you know those are the unsung heroes. With, with, without that kind of a scheme to you know to move around a, a Duper, uh, you know maybe we don't know the name Dan Marino. You know, and and. And, and, so, and so Kirk, you know, if we're going to be paying him the the, the big the big scratch, uh, we, we got to spread it out, you know, spread it out, and 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 in maybe a little bit of run and shoot. You know, I, I was really really jazzed watching the the Oilers and thinking, you know, we we, we have this person out. It's all on the roster. You have something for the last twenty years, Randy, that could be um, that maybe like, the Vikings could use. Literally anything from the two thousands. What? I, what's the difference? I mean, it's football. It, it's all football. And the run and all, shoot got figured out a while ago. No, the X's and O's, it, 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 as far as I can tell, there's still 11 guys on, on each side of the line. No? Football. Well, sometimes 12 if you're the Vikings, but that's another subject. If you if you guys are, are going to, you know, going to kind of, you know, jock, jock around some ideas, that's what I'm trying to help do. And, and, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know, but, but maybe you don't. But when I watch these games, I got snuck, and it made me think about. Hey, Randy, know. Randy, tell tell me about the '61 Packers. Like, are there things from that's, the '61 Packers the Vikings can borrow? That's ground. That's that's old ground and pound. I'm talking about modern. You know, kind of air it out, spread it around. You know, spread it and 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 get 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 Delvin out in space. You know, you they could use Delvin the way the Dolphins used Duper, Mark Duper. Move them all over. Move Delvin all over. I mean, if you want to make uh, you know make a, a you know cake out of the crap they got laying on the counter, there are recipes. Okay, so if look at them, just look at the look at the examples. I got I had seven more, but you don't get them now. Oh what? You know, sometimes when he, he gets mad at us and hangs up. Mm-hmm. I think to myself, I would have liked to hear heard the rest of that list today. You're good. I'm okay with you're it. good with just stopping at the '83 Washington team. You didn't even mention Clayton. You know what? Mention Duper. You got to mention Clayton. I think you're being too hard on Randy. When I think about the things the Vikings need to accomplish this off season, looking at John Riggins' film from the early '80s. <laughs> That's right. All right, everyone, we're going to take a bar off your helmet, and we're going to tape up your hands. No gloves. And you're just going to be bleeding for three hours as we go for three and a half yards of carry. Ah. The 1983 Washington Redskins, by the way. The 1983 Washington Redskins 
How many rushing attempts would you guess that they had as a team? Oh, I've, it's ridiculous, I'm sure. They probably threw the ball 12 times all season. Let's take a guess. How many rushing attempts did the 1983 Washington Redskins have? Declan, you, you want to guess? I've 400? Like, is it a lot? It's more than that. Oh, oh it's got to be. A, it's a. It's a ton. I'm sure. That's all they probably. Seven hundred. It's six hundred twenty nine. Oh my god! The Washington Redskins mm-hmm. ran the ball six hundred twenty nine times mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty three. Good lord! I'm with Randy. I think you got to throw it back. Even you think Mike Zimmer's That's old what school? I Gary, tell Kubiak? me about the sixty one Packers. Even more old school. Six hundred twenty nine. Right. <sighs> All right, well, that was Randy's uh, off-season blueprint examples for the Minnesota I really, Vikings. I really wanted Randy to call up and just call for heads. <laughs> well, uh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah. The run and shoot. Dex, are you ready for your your spotlight here? Oh, I yeah. think if, if you can bring some modern quarterback examples Absolutely. to the table. Football. Great. Joe Namath, Alabama. Let's start there. <laughs> call it my own. Joe Montana, Notre Dame. All these people that are ripping Mac Jones, and we'll do a film review on Mac Jones at some point here, too. Because, well, Alabama quarterbacks never pan out. Huh. Joe Namath. Yeah, Joe okay. Namath. Yeah. Joe Namath panned out Same with your 60 school. years ago. Notre Dame. Joe yeah. Montana. Ian Book. Actually, Joe uh, Thiesman. Our guy, Sage Rosenfels, he actually worked with Ian Book last offseason. So we right. can get, get our guy back on and talk about Ian Book. Vikings third-round draft pick quarterback, maybe. So uh, Dex reviews. He reviewed a bidet a couple weeks ago. He has reviewed, uh, was it Zach Wilson from BYU? My man. And now Dex reviews Kyle Trask, quarterback prospect from Florida. Let's start out with, we'll we'll put the uh, rewind sort of framework on this. Okay. Your favorite thing about Kyle Trask. Well, he's he's a prolific quarterback. Like th- this dude leads all of college football in like every major statistic. He's put up humongous numbers. I love that. I I know that can be inflated because the college game's a lot different than the NFL game. But he was first in the college football in yards, first in touchdowns. I know originally it looked like he was going to be a Heisman favorite. Apparently, the odds have sunken on that. I think after maybe F- Justin Fields' big performance and and Mac Jones also having a big year. However, this dude can make a lot of big time throws. Obviously, Florida has produced some. Some decent quarterbacks before, too, in yeah, college ranks. Decent college quarterbacks. In college, in college ranks. I don't need Tim Tebow running around mm-hmm. the Vikings uniform yeah. here. Or who was the other guy? Rex Gro- Was Rex Grossman a Florida quarterback? He might have been. Yep, he was. I think Cam Newton was technically a Florida quarterback before he transferred to Auburn, right? Danny, so. Danny Werfel. Remember yeah. that guy? There you go. Hell yeah. But uh, he's prolific. And I believe the game that I watched with him specifically was the UK game. Uh, yeah, against uh, Kentucky. Yeah, it's the University of Kentucky was the game that I watched when, when I saw Kyle Trask. The positives that I took away from him was that he can look off wide receivers. Okay, so he's not afraid to look them off, and okay. I and and so the eyes are not locked in all the time. He's not afraid to stay in the pocket. Now I wouldn't say he's mobile, so that that's a potential issue because we we've, we've been looking for the mobile quarterback and the quarterback with awareness. Is he like Tom Brady lack of mobility or Kirk Cousins lack of mobility? Probably the latter. Probably more in the Kirky boy. Can he right? shuffle yeah. in the pocket to blindside pressure? Uh Oh, yeah, I think he could. I think he could. I think he has the potential to do that. I think he That's does. That's a start. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's not afraid to stay in the pocket. Quick release. Uh, accuracy, yeah, it's looked all right. I mean, as a whole, he's, he's completed 68% of his passes. But some scouts that I have, I have uh, talked to have said there might be some questions with his accuracy at the NFL level. Because uh, I do do my research. Here. There is an article on PFF.com that says why Florida's Kyle Trask is not an elite SEC quarterback. Oh, yikes. PFF coming in hot there. 
He does. Uh, he does have a great tight end target in Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts might be one of the best college, uh, might be one of the best targets for the NFL draft in, in the tight end ranks. Yeah, Kyle Pitts good. is insanely good. Yep. Um, they hooked up for a lot of big catches. I would. I would say Pitts it might be a security blanket. So maybe you need a tight end uh, security blanket like Herb Smith and Tyler Conklin if you were a Kyle Trask coming to the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, what was your least favorite thing about Kyle Trask when uh, you watched him against Kentucky? So I would say the, the lack of mobility, um, not the best deep ball. There were a couple shots that weren't even close to being on target. I, I, I personally liked his footwork. Experts didn't like his footwork. Okay. So I think that's also very important. I weigh those opinions equally, by the yeah. way. Experts and Declan watching the <laughs> Kentucky Dex, Dex So So the, what, I, what, I, what I asked a, an expert about, and this is what he, he was quoted, he told me this. He said, lack of mobility. Lack of a howitzer. Love the word howitzer on a quarterback. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Howitzer. That's a bad baby. That's a bad combination right there, though. Uh, mecha- I want one of them. His mechanics are improving, but still can get shoddy, which plays See. down his accuracy. Now, now people will say, well, Aaron Rodgers had to have his mechanics mm-hmm. overhauled. But for every Aaron Rodgers, there's probably like a hundred other guys that have bad mechanics and are now insurance right. salesmen. And you're not going to have Kyle Trask sit for three years either. Yeah. Probably and, that's the other thing. Well, Zim would love to actually. And the final Stash two, just like a quarterback, never to play. Knocks on him is his decision making has improved this year, but he still has to understand his limitations and not try to make throws that he can't. That'll be a big issue in the NFL if not corrected. According to Pro Football Focus, in terms of red flags, there are a lot of red flags within Kyle Trask's game. Most of his 2020 production has stemmed from scheme, play calling, and a slew of playmakers at his disposal. So they're basically saying, yeah, it's coaching like pretty much any quarterback could step mm-hmm. in there at Florida with a bunch of four- and five-star recruits and do what he's doing. So what was your main takeaway watching Kyle Trask? How would you feel if the Vikings drafted him in the first or second round in 2020? I would have big-time trepidation if it's a first-round pick especially if it's at 14 where the Vikings are. I, I think for most mocks, it looks like he's going to be a day two quarterback. Um, maybe in the second round, but he's going to be a, probably a project quarterback. See, so that's good stuff. Thank yeah. you for the review. Um, Mike, and uh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. The comp, I think best case scenario, best case scenario turns into Matt Ryan. I think that's the best well, that's case scenario. that's pretty damn good if that, if that yeah, is. Yeah, but that's but best case. That's best case. Yeah. I think more likely, he's probably Colt McCoy. So he's probably realistically a third round pick, right? I think he's a day two. I think he's yeah, second to third round pick, day two guy who's a project. I mean, Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins was a day three pick, wasn't he? He was a fifth round pick. Third, so, oh, is it Kirk third, a third, he was third, a third round, round yeah. pick. The, and then the wild, you know, the wild card is you know, well, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere and put up this insanely prolific year at, at LSU. Wild card is Joe Burrow would be insanely uh, that that would be the wild card, but I think best case scenario, best case he turns into Matt Ryan. See, the funny thing is, and we can maybe maybe we do some research on this. You look at a lot of the star quarterbacks now, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson, I think the biggest concern was just height and size because there's just not that many guys under six feet that are successful quarterbacks. It's like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and then maybe Kyler Murray if he you know pans out. So that was legitimate. Tom Brady was like, well, he can't move. He's got a pretty good arm. Uh, he's not really athletic at all. So, like, all these knocks on guys, I want to know – what is the thing that they miss? Like how, do, how? In retrospect, it's egregious that a guy like Tom Brady and his leadership and his drive and obsession, right? Yep. So, like, the only way after all of that, the deck that Declan just went through and, and talking to some smart people behind the scenes, if Kyle Trask isn't that mobile and Kyle Trask's arm isn't a howitzer, which is an amazing way Football. to phrase it, right? <laughs> but if there was a way for someone to say, however. 
He is obsessed with football. He's a great leader, and he will overcome some of these physical deficiencies. That's the only way I would I would look to take a gamble. Otherwise, like for me, if if the Vikings are going to take a flyer, let's say even second, third round, mobility is going to be super important. I want a guy that can overcome a bad offensive line, like Jalen Hurts in the second round by the Eagles. That was a really good pick. Yeah, and it's and it's panning out. Even though Nate Sudfeld is more trustworthy late in game. <laughs> Kirk um, Kirk was uh, fourth round, by the way. Okay. Fourth round, third round, fourth round. Okay. So if Tra- so, the problem though now is w- with a guy like Trask or Brady too. Is I think that the movement in the league itself has shifted e- even more towards looking down on a guy like Brady who you don't know about, but who clearly is not athletic and and can't move. Now his ability to sense pressure was outstanding, but that's that's an intangible that you probably can't see immediately. Yeah. So I would say that if I'm going to take a chance on, on a quarterback, it's probably going to be at least a quarterback that I think has the potential to move. Yes. So, so like if Kyle Trask doesn't have a super strong arm and he really can't move well, I'm probably going to drop him to a day three guy personally mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, in, in this league now, if I play him and he can't move and his arm's okay, right. what do I got? Like Basically, all the, all of these people who say, well, but look look at how many quarterbacks who are mobile have won Super Bowls. It's like a small handful. You almost have to take everything that happened in the first 45 Super Bowls in years and put it in a different category and then look at like the last five to ten years and all these guys whether it's like Andrew Luck's mobility, he never won a Super Bowl, but like Andrew Luck, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, um, Kyler Murray, the fact that half the quarterbacks in the NFL can now just like escape pressure means that you better be really, really good in all the other areas if you can't do that. And Mm -hmm. that's why we're also so harsh on Kirk. It's like, well, he's already starting behind the eight ball because most of his competitors are more mobile than he is. And so he's got to be more accurate, which he is, better leader, question marks, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So, good rundown there on who's on next. Kyle Trask. Yeah, who is next? What do you? What, Matt, let's a, let's do Mac Jones. Mac Jones. All right. Let's do Mac Jones. Mac I think. Uh, Call your Mac sources, Jones. Declan. I think you should find. Uh, yeah, find, find a couple games. Country singer extraordinaire and a quarterback. Talk to your scouts. Talk to your PFF people. I can do that. See what they say behind the scenes. Yeah, I got. I got sources. And then we'll maybe pick out another bidet between those two <laughs> for you to. So how how do we well. rank the top three QBs in the draft right now, Lawrence? I think Wilson is Dude, second. I think a lot that's of people what I'm curious about. Second. But yeah. if Fields uh, comes back in the national championship and plays a great game, and he mm-hmm. was so damn good against Clemson, he'll probably jump back to second. I would think. Yeah. Uh, maybe I think the I think those are the top three. However, the number two and number three shake out. Then the big question is who's the fourth best who's quarterback? Fourth? Some people say it's Mac Jones. Yeah. In fact, I think our guy Mel Kiper had. I want to say Mac Jones was fourth or fifth on his. Yeah, big I like board what I saw from Mac Jones. And I think Tankathon had him going in about seventeenth, eighteenth overall. So oh, that is interesting. Interesting. Well, if you make that draft pick, it's a little bit like the Packers. Like, if you're in a win now window and you're pushing forward, why would you waste a resource? And people are going to say, "Well, the pack turned out well. The Packers are thirteen and three. Imagine how much better they would be if they had taken like Justin Jefferson or like traded up to take yeah. to take a stud wide percentage chance per, percentage chance right now in, in your guys' opinion of what the percentages of the Vikings would take a quarterback in the first round right now. So this is just what the Vikings would do, yeah, not so what, what we would do. Right? So what is you, yes, exactly right. What do you think they will do percentage wise? I think there's a three to five percent chance they take oh. a quarterback in the first round. I would say fifteen, and I know that's still very, very bullish. I think it's a I think it's one percent oh. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I, I think that the GM and head coach are going to lay out a plan for the people that own this team that we are we are very close. We're going to get guys back. back. Mm-hmm. And and they are going to continue to say, right or wrong, we've got our guy. Totally agree. Um, and they're going to look at the second half of the season and say, listen, something clicked with Kirk. We can keep that. Let's keep the system intact. We'll just put Clint Kubiak in as the coordinator, like how, whatever that looks like. I hate that Same thought, system. but I think, I think you might be right. Run it back again. And then with the first round pick, we're going to get an offensive lineman. And then with the third round pick, we're going to get an interior defensive <laughs> no, no, lineman. No. Three this is where Zim reaches across the table and strangles Rick and says, don't you mean we're going to get a three technique? Yeah, that's what I meant. Three technique. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to track down our friend Patrick Ricey here. See what he's up to. Football. All right. All right. Patrick Royce. We wrap with Royce Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the show. And uh, Mike Zimmer in the biggest shocking news we can remember in recent Vikings history has decided to not renew the contract of special teams coordinator Marwin Maloof, Patrick. (laughs) I, I missed that announcement. I'm glad I'm sitting down. I'm shocked. I am shocked that it's Marvin's fault that uh, that uh, Dan Bailey could make kicks and we couldn't catch a punt. I thought maybe the tackling of the Lions might get him off hook on the hook on the punt return area, but I guess not. So I, I think uh, I think Patrick the long kickoff return to start the second half put the final nail in his coffin. I think that was I think. <laughs> Another, what, 40-yard return? I think Zim said, okay, I've seen enough now. I was telling Judd this the other day, Phil. I've always considered the coordinator title the greatest invention in the history of head coaches, right? Offensive and defensive. And then somebody about 10 years ago was such a genius after he had screwed up special teams, he said, I'm going to give one of those guys a coordinator title, too, yeah. so I can blame them for all our screw-ups on the special team. So now we have a special teams coordinator that we can fire when things are bad. Also, right? I feel like coordinator, in terms of like job descriptions, I feel like coordinator is a rare one outside of football. Like You see it once yes. in a while you know, in certain lines of work, but, but coordinator is a very high-level position in the NFL. I mean, it's a step below a head coach, and I feel like we should use it more outside of football in our everyday jobs. It's code for fall guy. <laughs> it really it's is. It's basically yeah, like, it you're my fall guy. Fall guy. It's, uh, but here's the deal. Okay, Special, uh, a defensive coach, if you're the defensive coordinator, you should be able to tell – defensive backs, linebackers, and linemen, hey, tackle that guy when you're running. We, we want to tackle those guys before they get too far down the field, right? But you got a special and offensive, you know, okay, well, we want to advance the ball. That's what we're going to try to do here. But special teams coordinator, kicking and returning have nothing to do each other, with each other, right? Yes. So why do we have what? <laughs> You know, how can that guy take the fall both for punt returns and kickoffs? They have nothing to do with each other. You, you cannot be an expert at both those It would be like in hockey if you've got, all right, we've got, uh, so so Bob over here is going to be the goalie coach, and he's going to oversee <laughs> and, and power play. Power play, yes. Yeah, right, it is. His name is 
They've got nothing to do with each other. Dan Bailey and the idiot kid who kept dropping punts, Osborne, have nothing to do with each other. Right? True. In Zim's mind, they sure as hell did. Oh, Zim. <laughs> Zim. Zim's idea of special teams would be, let's never have them. Yes. It's in like fact, quarterbacks. In fact, he would like to make every offense start every possession on their own eight <laughs> so he could get a defensive <laughs> advantage and blame the offensive coach if they didn't score enough points, right? Yep. So I don't know. This is his. Uh, <laughs> I think he's on. I think he he's on double. I mean, it's not a bold statement, but he gets fired if they don't make the playoffs next year. Yeah. So that's that was my question. So they're they're probably going to run it all back with Spielman and Zimmer and Cousins. Like Cousins yes. played well enough in the second half. So what what, what do you think this team is capable of? Like, let's say they they you know they draft an offensive lineman in the first round and they clear some cap room and. They get a bunch of injured guys back. Um, like, could they bounce back and compete yes. for a Super Bowl next year? Well, they got the, they, you know, they're. I still think they're better, even though the Bears beat them in here and made the playoffs back then. I, they're better than the Bears and the Lions, right? So, you know, they're they they can sure they can be. A, they were one game from being in the playoffs this year, as bad as their defense was, and they should have been in, yeah. So they can they can bounce back, but. I mean, they have offensive weapons. Here's what we're going to find out, though. Are they are they going to go to a guy like Riley Reef, who they just beat the hell out of, uh, and he had a good year, and beat the hell out of him again? They, or are they going to have to go get a left tackle again? They're going to you know, try. I don't want to move that Cleveland kid to left tackle. Keep him where he is, right guard, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you get him out there on the on left tackle, and his footwork and stuff might end up being exposed. So, I, you know, I don't want to have to redo the. You got to find one guard for the offensive line. Uh, the rest of them, you got a chance to survive. So, but don't go cheap on the offensive line again. I would say so. Hey, uh, that would be my advice. Hey, Pat. But, so, so Zim, so Zim to today. Is is referencing a topic that the North Stars w- would have been proud of, Louis especially. We're talking about man games missed now. Man game, man Did games missed. Man? You that. can't win if you miss all these man. What do you expect me to do? Did he miss man games? He, I think he called them games missed, but it's the same exact thing. It's man games. Louis. It's man games. Yes, Louis yeah. loved man oh, games Louis. missed. I used to give Louis hell. Remember Gary Sargent? Oh yeah, yeah. They went and got Gary Sargent, and he was a great player. But the kid from Bemidji, defenseman, but he got a bad back. And he didn't play for like two years. Yeah. And Louie counted all those man games, even though, he, <laughs> you know, he was basically, he, just, he had back surgery and he couldn't play, but they were man games, man. We were, we were big on man games. You know who got upset about not enough emphasis on man games? Herbie. Wow. When, you know, Herbie, they got, came in and he got 51 points that year. Yeah. And Herbie, one reason he turned on Nanny and Sonmore is they didn't defend him enough because of all the injuries that they didn't, that they weren't putting in proper numbers of man games. Yeah, that's another hockey genius, by the way, whoever came up with <laughs> man games. That was, uh, we don't hear it quite as much, do we? I don't think we do now. It, yeah, well, Zim it became a staple, but not do, now. Yeah. So eight days ago, nine, when he did his Monday press conference, 
after games, after the Bears lost, he admitted, or that the Saints lost, he admitted he had a lousy defense, right? Yes, right after that loss. But today it was all excuses. Well, he, he is basically saying, I didn't have my guys because of man games missed. I didn't well, have my guys. Who does? Well, and plus, Green they Bay, are his guys, really. He didn't Green develop Bay them as well. They didn't have their left tackle last week against the Bears. Yeah. It's only the best, one of the two best left tackles. I just thought that you would enjoy man games missed, Patrick. Oh, I am. I do enjoy man games missed. I miss man games. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey's, uh, you know, that was. Uh, that was a that was a wild, wonderful time when uh, late late eighties, nineties. They were changing owners, and Herbie was in and out, and uh, feuds were erupting. It was a great time for hockey. Go out to Met Center. It was uh, easy easy to get in and out. It was great. Pat, we got to ask you here. Your uh, your newspaper, the Star Tribune, wrote a speculative piece. I would actually consider it probably reckless speculation about the 2022 gubernatorial reckless speculation. Uh, your thoughts on Matt Burke as a potential candidate for governor of the state of Minnesota? Oh, I think he probably has uh, got a good shot, right? He could win, too. I think he He's would win. I think he would win. win than Pillowhead, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he... I don't know what the I don't know what the dynamic will be politically in the in the state then if it's uh, but uh, he's got a chance. He, yeah, I would think uh, depends upon like if a guy like that Gazelka wants it uh, with his contacts or something like that after fighting walls here for a couple of years. I think but there I, are the, my theory is there are so many. So if if Matt Burke ran. He would clearly get all the Republican support that there is, which is the minority in the state. But there are so many Vikings fans and centrists in Minnesota that he, I mean, unless unless he ran some sort of just terrible campaign or I think he would win hands down if he decided to run. Oh, I don't think he'd win hands down. I, I don't, I don't believe that, but uh, I think he could win. You know, he could win. I think he could win, but it depends upon how irrational he is. That's, you know, yeah. he's, a, he's a, you know, if he's a complete psychopath on the right hand, <laughs> on the right side, I, I don't know if he is or not. If he believes that Trump won the election, then I don't think he can win. Well, that, but that's it, the, the key. If Burke runs and does not win, Pat, he just n- needs to call the people at the state and tell them, you got to recount those votes. <laughs> you got to find me more yeah. votes. Okay. I mean, why didn't the Vikings do that for one of those NFC title games? Listen, I, we, we could, we need to find 42 points here. Okay. <laughs> We need to find 42 points. You find me 11th man in the yeah. huddle? Can you find me just 11th man? <laughs> Forget that. The Sounds game. We're giving, yeah. I, think, I don't think we're giving Zim the much, enough credit for finally ending a season without a pathetic performance. You know, that they, they actually won their last. Uh, they didn't get blown out in their last game. Momentum. That's a great column Momentum. Right, right there. Take great heart in that performance. He won the last game in 2014. Uh, so his first year, and then he, then five and eight were pro. They, they urinated on themselves, and then uh, this this time they beat the mighty lions. Although they probably played as poorly against the lions as they did when they got blown out by real people. But yeah, God bless the lions. It was a nice win for uh, Coach Zimmer to uh, make his excuses. Yeah. I am really, I'm really amazed. I think we lost Pat. 
been so uh, loyal to him, haven't aren't you? Well, we lost you there. Can you repeat that? I I am shocked that uh, they've been so loyal to him because the Wolves, because they you know they were firing coaches left and right when they first got here. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. They like Rick a lot though, there. and Rick Rick definitely hired Mike, and so. I don't know. I, I I'm not shocked. It also hasn't been a train wreck. I mean, their worst seasons are still yeah. seven and nine. Well, I think that Saints game saved him last year, don't you? Yes, for sure. When they beat the Saints, big Otherwise, time. But you know, I still think I guess Spielman's to blame. I'd still like to know whose decision it was to sign Cousins. It was Rick's. Rick, for sure. I mean, Mike. Yeah. I think Mike, Mike was like, okay. But I gotta think. I think I gotta think the Wilfs wanted him to do it. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. But Rick Rick sold Rick sold the Wilfs, I'm sure, on you know, I'm I'm finally going to get my quarterback. This guy will come in and be great. And I bet Zim said, Whatever, it's a quarterback. I hate them all. <laughs> Eeyore of quarterback uh, gurus. That's, that's uh that's probably correct. Yes. Yeah. So uh the hockey boys hit the ice. Are we uh we are, we start playing here in about two weeks, right? Yeah, what Dex fourteenth, I think is first game. Yeah, uh about Nine days from now, ten days from now. A lot of West Coast games, Patrick. Staying up late. Oh, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. The uh, the uh, the back to backs, uh, two game series. It's mm-hmm. it's like college hockey, man. It's uh, it's weird. You're going to have a lot of splits, don't you? We're going to have to. We're going to be like hockey. Though. We if we can just get three points out of the week. Do you know what I we like it. we need, Patrick? Total goal series. Bring them back. Oh, hey, that's a good idea. Go that's old school. Go total goal series. That's uh, that that is uh, that puts a little pressure on you. Kirby's greatest triumph ever. They got beat by Notre Dame in a back when Notre Dame was in the old WCHA. They got beat by Notre Dame like by five on Friday night, and then they beat them nine to two on Saturday. And Herbie was that was. <laughs> That was a bigger upset than Lake Placid. (laughs) Pat, we got to run. We will talk to you again tomorrow, sir. See you, Royce. All right, gentlemen. All right, that is Rapping with Royce. You can also find Royce Unchained every single Monday, wherever you find podcasts. Scorenorth.com is always a great hub for everything we do. The four main shows we produce are Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd, Royce Unchained, and The Scoop with Doogie. Judd's hockey show uh, lives also on a feed you can find, or you can just listen within the Mackie and Judd feed. So. All right. Speaking of Purple Daily, we got to uh, we got to bounce to uh, to talk some Vikings here. So check us out: Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, and YouTube.com slash Scornorth MN. See you guys tomorrow. I'm Mackie and Judd for Write That Down.